What is going on, OWS fam, DFS fam, YouTube fam? Welcome to the second DraftKings DFS Lab of Week 15, 2023. I am your host today. I am also your guest. Late notice that Keegan could not do this today. So flying solo today gives us a chance to talk a little bit more in depth about this Week 15 slate. We will be building a roster talking about some of the interesting angles. With that, let's get started. One week season. So we're back to solo shows today. Uh, I just finished recording. Usually schedule on Fridays is I do this show with Keegan to start the day. Then I have my show with Pete Overzet. Then I have my Roto Grinder show. And then I record the Angles podcast. Everything's kind of backwards this week or out of whack this week. Uh, Roto Grinder show was recorded the day early on Thursday. Uh, did the Pete show first, just did the Angles podcast. So, uh, kind of feel in my head like I covered everything. And um, so, I'll try to basically go to the Angles podcast, is, is the first step, right? Because uh, that's my opportunity to talk through the strategy on the slate. And usually, when I do that, I do this show first, build a roster. Uh, and then that kind of sharpens my thoughts that much further for the Angles podcast where I really wrap up my thoughts. So I don't want to double up on thoughts because the Angles podcast is, is already recorded and I uh, don't want to kind of cover recover the things that I covered there uh, for those of you who have listened to that or will listen to that. But if you don't typically list, listen to that, you can find that on this YouTube feed or this podcast feed on which you're listening to this show. So uh, check out the Angles podcast, really valuable podcast for getting a sense of what the puzzle on the, what the picture of the puzzle box looks like for this week's slate. Uh, but we are going to still go through our exercise of building a roster here. Hopefully we'll pick up some new components. You'll maybe scoop up some thoughts and ideas from us doing this. Uh, probably do a little bit of a shorter show than normal today. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and add my dummy account over here, play for first account, uh, and start building a roster. So we talked already on, we talked on the Thursday show, we talked in the Angles podcast uh, about the unique setup of this slate. So you're probably aware of it by this point, but again, all these lower total games in the early window, all these higher total games in the later window, Games that low total games that are so low that in the past we would have crossed them off our list completely. Games that are high total enough that even in higher scoring seasons in the past, they would have been the games that really stood out to us on a slate. But at the same time, as we talked about, there, you know, let's look at the composition of these three games. Dallas and Buffalo very easily could play to a 26 to 24 game, which is kind of what the implied team totals are. And if that's the case, you got Josh Allen, 8,200, Dak Prescott, 8K, jump over to wide receivers. You got CD Lamb at 9,200, Stefan Diggs at 8,400. You got Gabe Davis, who, I mean, pull up these game logs. Obviously, he is underpriced for his ceiling 25.5, 23.7, 25.0. Uh, he had the 35 or 36 pointer last year, but also we see his floor, right? 4.1 and 1.6 and zero and zero and zero uh, playing against this really good Cowboys defense that doesn't allow much production to wide receivers. So really like there's very clear opportunity for this game to play out in such a way that nothing from this game really ends up on our, on our rosters or should end up on tournament winning rosters. I'll say uh, over here, you got San Francisco and Arizona, but 
you know, Arizona's only implied. It's a high total in the game, but Arizona's only implied for about 17 points against this tough San Francisco defense. So it's really about the San Francisco side. Uh, obviously, you got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey, four guys to choose from. Probable that it's almost certain that one of those guys scores 25 plus DraftKings points, and it's probable that two of them, it's it's more likely than not that two of them top 20 points with a good shot at two of them going for 25 plus. Uh, and then we've got Washington and the Rams, where obviously the Rams, we have Kyron Williams, you have Cooper Cup, we have Pukunakua, we have uh, Demarcus Robinson trending toward being pretty popular this week. But then on the Washington side, even though some points could pile up, I mean, again, we can look through these game logs, but you got Terry McLaurin, 5,600, zero points last week against Miami, or two weeks ago against Miami, their last game. He's got this 22.6 pointer. That's the only score this season that's come close to justifying his price tag. You've got Jahan Dotson, who again, he has this 27.8 pointer, but everything else, you know, 10, 11, 16, 9, 12, 4. Uh, Curtis Samuel, who had this stretch earlier in the year that was pretty nice, especially when he was priced uh, quite a bit cheaper, 3,500, 3,600, 3,700, put up 18, 18, and 14. Now, uh, worth noting in these games that touchdowns were scored in all three of these games. So it's not like the yardage and catches were uh, just piling up in such a way that he's this consistent scorer. It's more like a, a, a three-game stretch with touchdowns scored in them, and that ends up being the reason why he's putting up uh, these types of DFS scores. Uh, so then we get up to uh, this one game where he actually had the catches and yardage that supported this type of scoring. Uh, but again, 22 points and then everything else outside of this hot stretch with the touchdown scoring. And then this one 22 pointer has all been, you know, 10 points, 11 points and below. Uh, and then Logan Thomas on this same team where you have the 16.4 pointer, the 21.7 pointer, everything else has been pretty disappointing from him. So kind of an odd situation in that Sam Howell has been just this maniac in terms of fantasy scoring 20, 21, 20, 28, 21, 35. Uh, this one bad game here where we had heavy exposure to him in that game, but also had heavy exposure to him here. Also had heavy exposure to him here. Uh, also had heavy exposure to him here when he was 5,400, right? So uh, there's this wide range of outcomes on Sam Howell, but he's posting so many ceiling games, especially at his salary, but it's hard to find who to pair him with. So all that to say, like, yeah, these late games really stand out, but how do we build around these late games uh, without just falling into the trap of automatically saying, okay, let's just play all the late games. So let's answer that question. Let's find one of the angles through which we could build a couple options here. We could build actually Keaton. And I said yesterday, Friday show, Thursday show, uh, what angle we were going to play around with in this next one. I don't recall what it was. Uh, so one angle we could play around with is, Hey, what if we want to build for Dallas and Buffalo actually being a shootout? Okay, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, what if we build for a scenario in which this isn't a 27 to 24 game? Now we're trying to get to first place in tournaments. So one of the best ways to get to first place in tournaments is to determine the story we, we want to tell and then tell that story. That gives us fewer things we need to get right because if we get that story right, we get our roster right in large part. So uh, will Buffalo and Dallas be a shootout? I don't know. But the goal of DFS is not to predict what's going to happen. The goal of DFS is to understand the range of what could happen and to build a roster that has a shot at the first place finish if one of those particular scenarios plays out. So in other words, uh, this game could play out 
be below the over-under of, of 50 or whatever the over-under is, 50 and a half. Uh, this game could play out and land right at that, and these guys are overpriced, but this game could also play out and be a 70 combined point shootout. And if that ends up happening, then building around this game in that particular way will prove to be really valuable. And so uh, we want to build with that story in mind. And if that story plays out, now we have a shot at the first place finish. So uh, we are going to put in Josh Allen over Dak Prescott. Josh Allen uh, obviously has a lot more ways in which he can take over a game than Dak Prescott has. And we are going to say, okay, if Josh Allen hits for a tournament winning score this week, what does that mean? Well, first off, what does that mean in the context of the slate? This slate probably won't have that many 30-point DraftKings scores from quarterbacks. In fact, let's look at this quarterback list. Uh, Dak Prescott, you know, he's playing against this really tough Buffalo defense. He's got the 35-pointer against that bad Washington pass defense, a 41-pointer in this blowout win against the Giants, a 31-pointer against Philadelphia, 32 against the Rams. So he's capable of putting up 30-plus points but this is a really tough matchup for him and we're not playing him because, you know, we're playing the other side of this game. Uh, so maybe Dak Prescott keeps pace, but we can only play one quarterback from this game in the story that we're telling. So what about the other quarterbacks on this slate? Kind of surprisingly, you know, if you haven't really been paying attention, all the buzz around the, the Dolphins offense, all the talk of, you know, two of doubles always being in play. Uh, look at these scores, right? 10 points, 19, 10, 22, 12, 26. Uh, you get all the way back to weeks three and one, to find his 30 point scores. Uh, and that was against the chargers. And when the Broncos were just awful on defense and gave 70 points to the dolphins, those are the 30 point scores from, from Tua on the season. So chances of him putting up 30 plus with against the jets defense with Tyree kill hobbled or out pretty low Patrick Mahomes playing against this good Patriots defense. Look at all these games, right? He had 37 against the chargers. I mean, 25 in, in week three, 25 in week two. That's it. Everything else, 21 and below. Uh, on down the list, right? It It's very viable for if Josh Allen scores 30 points and or, or Dak Prescott scores 30 points, for them to be the only quarterback or only quarterbacks on this entire slate who top 24 points, right? Brock Purdy's got this great matchup, but he's got a 25-pointer. He's got a 32-pointer. He's got a 29-pointer. Okay, and that's it, right? Everything else, 24 and below. Okay, 26-pointer against Dallas. But, you know, very realistically, Brock Purdy could end up with 24 or fewer points. We just looked through Sam Howell. He's got those 30-pointers, but usually he's in the 20-point range. Uh, Matthew Stafford, high on the season of 24 points. So, again, very viable that this slate plays out in such a way that every quarterback scores 23, 24, or fewer points. So when we say tournament winner, that doesn't have to mean Josh Allen going for 39 points. It doesn't have to mean Josh Allen double stack. So it's important to recognize the context of the slate and what we mean when we say potential tournament winner. So uh, Josh Allen, we can double stack and we can build for a scenario in which this game just really takes off. Josh Allen's putting up 35 points, 37 points, 39 points, and bringing two pass catchers with him. Or we could say, man, Josh Allen could just have to take off running under pressure make some big plays, and only bring one pass catcher up with him. Uh, that's the scenario we will build for in this one, recognizing the context of the slate. Uh, we are then going to put James Cook onto this roster. James Cook, who, let's go ahead and look at this. Since Ken Dorsey was fired, so I believe that's the last three games, uh, we see this spike from right earlier in the season, no games over 14 carries since week three. And then the last three weeks, we've got 17 carries, 16 carries, 10 carries. Uh, what about the targets? Last three games, five, seven, and four targets 
earlier in the year, only one other game north of four targets. We have a game of two targets, one target, three targets. In fact, these five targets last week against Kansas City all came in the first half. Kansas City had to adjust their defense to account for how much James Cook was being used through the air. Otherwise, it would have been even more targets than that. Uh, on top of that, one of the knocks against James Cook has been, well, once they get inside the 10-yard line, he's off the field. Latavius Murray is in. I uh, haven't looked at the updated numbers, but heading into last week, James Cook had had every running back touch inside the 10-yard line since Joe Brady had taken over as the play caller. So uh, a lot of upside here. And again, uh, they are using him as a schemed part of the passing attack. The Cowboys are tremendous against wide receivers. And then the tight ends for the Bills, we have this split between Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. So James Cook becomes a really interesting stacking partner. Now, it would be hard for Josh Allen to have a tournament winning game without this being a back and forth type of game. So with that thought, we also probably want to bring back a piece from the Cowboys side. Uh, and one of the interesting ways to do this is to go to the uh, kind of like the number two wide receiver, recognizing that the Bills are really good at taking away number one guys uh, and will ice, do everything they can to try to isolate CeeDee Lamb, take him out of this game. Uh, good opportunity for Brandon Cooks to hit in this one. So wide range of outcomes for Brandon Cooks, but if he hits, he can hit on the high end and actually be a difference maker. We saw it against the Giants with 35.3 points. Obviously, that's sort of his outlier type of outcome. But five touchdowns on the year, uh, and then the you know 16-pointer, the 17-pointer, the 35-pointer, the 14-pointer, the 15-pointer. So pretty nice range in terms of if he hits, he can get you a really nice score, including a potential separator type of score in the story that we are telling with this roster. Next thing I want to think about on this week is I really do want to try to have a piece from the 49ers a piece from the Rams on every single roster that I put together this week. So we will go ahead and look over at running back. Uh, I don't think we will have the salary with Josh Allen to play Christian McCaffrey and Kyron Williams. So what we will do is we'll go ahead and put in Kyron Williams. We will see, eh, you know what we might actually do? Pretty interesting because uh, Josh Allen will not be unpopular this week. Uh, Kyron Williams will not be unpopular this week. James Cook will probably be unpopular. Brandon Cooks will prob probably be unpopular, but their chances of posting true separator scores aren't that high. So they can get you, you know, James Cook gets you the 20 to 25 points. Brandon Cooks gets you the 15 to 22 points, but that's not really separating your roster from the field. You're getting a low-owned guy who's hitting, but it's not like they're hitting for 35 points and you're just, you know, again, they could. We're hoping for that, but we have to be realistic and recognize that's not super likely. So they're not super likely to just completely separate us from the field. So we still need something that's like low owned with a really high ceiling that can separate us from the rest of the Josh Allen, Kyron Williams rosters. And uh, George Kittle is a way to do that. Obviously, we can go to Brandon Ayuk, we can go to Debo Samuel, uh, but on this roster, we'll go ahead and throw George Kittle on there. Um, obviously, a lower chance of hitting his ceiling, but a similar ceiling to those guys and going to be low owned this week uh, at this tight end position. Uh, let's move over to defense to get a sense of what sort of salary we will have to work with. I'd actually love to get a slightly more expensive defense on this roster. Although, you know what I'm going to do? Let's talk about the Bears real quickly. Um, I mean, the Bears have just been so difficult on opposing offenses of late. They've got uh, these sack totals of three, two, two, and four. Uh, they've got the points allowed of 13, 29 to Detroit, 10 and 13 also against Detroit. Uh, playing against this Cleveland offense that people are really high on because Joe Flacco's stats look so good, but a lot of those 
stats this last week was just total coverage busts where guys were wide open. Uh, the Jags had miscommunication and uh, sort of just errors on the back end leading to these big plays and, and Blacko's big box score. So uh, let's go ahead and throw the Bears on here. I think they'll be low owned. They have a high ceiling. Uh, again, we didn't even talk about the scores they put up recently, but 14, 14, 9, and 7 across their last four games. Uh, could be a low-scoring game here against Cleveland with both these good defenses. So uh, Bear is an interesting one and still gives us some nice salary flexibility here. So uh, let's go ahead and swing over to the wide receiver position and think about where we might be able to find not just maybe a low-owned guy, but also a separator type of score. We've got uh, Michael Gallup down here. Very interesting option in this game stack where we kind of see, you know, not really the big scores, 13.8, 15, 11, 15. But he's got these target spikes, the seven targets, the 10 targets, uh, five and five in, in these games back here. So uh, he's an interesting option, but we already have Brandon Cook. So we're going to leave him off of this roster. And let's go ahead and move up to a guy I really like this week in Rashid Shahid, probably going to go somewhat overlooked by the field. And this actually leaves us almost enough salary to do something interesting. So actually what we'll do here is we will remove the bears. And what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this roster with Ezekiel Elliott and Demario Douglas, two guys who will be popular, but will not be popular together. Most people will not play these guys together. Uh, they will be very central to the offense. Zeke played 52 out of 57 snaps uh, in last week's game against the Steelers. We talked in the show a couple days ago, the DFS Live a couple days ago, about how with Bailey Zappi under center, the Patriots are really emphasizing the screen game and the short area throws. And that is where like it's, this whole offense should be built around. Let's just have short area throws to Zeke, short area throws to Demario Douglas, trying to march the field in this way. And so uh, we could easily see these guys combining for 14, 15 targets. So if we look at them as a player, as a player who costs 9,700, if we look at that 9,700 in salary as just being allocated to the usage and production, well, first off, we have a benchmark for 9,700, right? That's like a Christian McCaffrey, that's a Tyree Kill. So we would be wanting... 25 to 40 points from that type of salary with that outside shot at a score even bigger than that. Tyreek Hill's done it once this year. Christian McCaffrey's done it once this year. We pay up for that. We pay up for that high floor where, where it's like, man, these guys are going to score at least 20 and they've got a shot at a 35 to 45 point game. Well, do Demario Douglas and Ezekiel Elliott have that? Well, Zeke and Ramondre have combined to average 20.5 DraftKings points per game. Zeke has the full role to himself now. And we see Demario Douglas, 10.9, 14.4, 10.5, 7.9, 11.4. So if we even just added those scores to 20.5, we're getting up into this 30 to 35 point range. Uh, and again, nine targets, nine targets, seven targets, seven targets, six targets. Uh, that should be elevated further with Bailey's happy under center. And here we have Zeke uh, with eight targets, five targets in the game in which Ramondre Stevenson got hurt. And in that game in which Ramondre got hurt, he also had a target of his own. Uh, before that, he was seeing five, five, six, four to go along with what Zeke was seeing, which was uh, two, two, five. So again, we're kind of in this like seven target range for Patriots running back. You're in the seven to nine target range for Demario Douglas. So bad matchup, bad offense, but you're basically paying a Tyreek Hill price tag or Christian McCaffrey price tag for 15 or more carries and probably 14 or more 
targets. So just in terms of the volume, you're getting really nice. And an interesting way to play these two popular players where a lot of people will be on these guys, but very few people will be on them together. Uh, obviously, we would want to uh, move Ezekiel Elliott up to our running back spot and move Kyron Williams down to our flex spot. Uh, let's go ahead and see if there is a defense in here that we like, because what we can also do is we can move off of Kyron Williams and move down to Pukunakua at 7,300 uh, and maybe get up to a defense that we like a little bit more. The Rams are going to be popular this week, but for now we will leave Kyron Williams in this build and we will go down to the Giants defense. Uh, Giants defense, lots of blitzes, uh, lots of opportunities for them to create mistakes from an opposing offense playing this Saints offense it's in a huge funk right now. Derek Carr is super banged up. So uh, we see these scores. Obviously, you see the, the negative one against Las Vegas. You see the zero against Dallas. So wide range of outcomes. But you also see 23 against Washington, 12 against New England, 8 against Green Bay, uh, 12 against the Jets, 14 against Washington, uh, 12 down here against Miami. So uh, this Wink Martindale defense certainly has the ability to put together uh, a nice game here against the Saints at only 27 Hundred. So you kind of see how that allows us to tell a story. We're telling the story of this uh, this Cowboys and Bills game being high scoring with Josh Allen having to take over. We have some wiggle room in that we recognize that, yes, Josh Allen, if he scores 35 to 37, we're in great shape. But also he doesn't need that type of score. Like a 30-pointer could be enough to get us there this weekend. Uh, we play this popular running back in Ezekiel Elliott, this popular wide receiver in Demario Douglas, but we play them uniquely by playing them together. We got the Brandon Cooks bring back. We got a guy in Rashid Shahid who will be a little bit overlooked and is capable of putting up 25 plus points. We have a guy in Kittle who will probably be very overlooked, is capable of putting up 30 plus points. Uh, and then we've got this popular piece here in Kyron Williams, really sharp play. So uh, you kind of see how we can think through a slate like this, put together a high ceiling while also thinking through how we're outmaneuvering the field toward that first place finish. Pretty short show, pretty short show today. Uh, easy to do that when there is just one person on the show. So um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Easy to make it a tight show when, when I've already covered everything else in the other podcast. So uh, hopefully you picked up some thoughts there that'll help you this week. Uh, go listen to the Angles podcast. If you haven't done that, check out the content on OWS. I will see you there. I will see you back here next week, week 16, and I will see you at the top of the leaderboards on Sunday. 